When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Curling fans, as America's best curling teams prepare to compete on the world stage, you've come to the one place with everything you need involving USA Curling. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with Bryce Atkinson. Get ready for everything that you need to know. News, interviews, points of view, anything involving Team USA forming and the 2018 Winter Olympics in South Korea for Team USA Curling is found here. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with Price Atkinson and the 12th In Sports Network crew powered by Isagenics. Welcome into episode 35 of the Extra Extra In podcast with the 12th in Sports Network, powered by Isagenics. Price Atkinson joined by my TSN colleague, Joe Calabrese. Joe, the spectacle that was late Friday night, Saturday morning, that we all witnessed history in with United States curling. John Schuster comes up, they come through to knock off Nicholas Adin in Sweden. 10 to 7, a gold medal our boys are bringing home. Just simply your reaction, your thoughts on what we watched. Oh, my goodness, Price. So, what a, an unbelievable thing to happen, uh, not just for John's team, but for USA Curling. Mm-hmm. Uh, late Friday night, I, my wife and I, we woke up the kids. We drove them a half an hour to our local curling club to, uh, to be part of a viewing party. Um, we watched history being made um, by John Schuster, Tyler George, Matt Hamilton, and John Landsteiner. What an incredible game. Yeah, it really was. And we'll set the table real quick as we're going to talk a lot more about this. But coming up in this episode, you will hear from two members of Team USA. That would be Team Schuster's skip John Schuster himself and Vice Tyler George. We will hear from them coming up here in this episode. So we got some really good stuff here that we're going to get into. Can't wait to bring you those interviews here on episode 35 of the Extra Extra Podcast. If you were new to this, hopefully you are new. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. A weekly podcast, all things that have to do with USA curling and certainly our national teams. A bond spiel is going on around the country. We've got nationals coming up. We will be in Fargo, North Dakota for over a week, bringing you that live on TESN. Curling interest has exploded around the country, and hopefully you are checking us out for the first time. We come to you every single week uh, as we started back in September. You can hear old episodes as this is 35. You can go back and hear every other one on Blog Talk Radio, uh, certainly iTunes, Apple Podcasts on your smartphone, Stitcher, Google Play, and TESN.us forward slash podcast. Every single episode we've ever done. If you want to catch up, and certainly for everybody that's been with us all year, thank you for listening. Write, review, share. Let everybody know that we're out here. But just welcome into those if you are new and just simply trying to quench your thirst with even more curling in your lives now that the Olympics is done. Um, and so, Joe, I, you know, going back to Friday night, Saturday morning, uh, depends on where you were. Um, 
you mentioned you were with the Roch- your Rochester Curling Club. I, the, what we saw, you know, and just the kind of big picture, and we're going to come to you again another time this week. Um, we are going to uh, kind of bring you another episode that is a perspective in terms of what this is going to do at home uh, for curling at the grassroots level. And we will also wrap that in with our Nationals preview, Joe, as USA Curling Nationals begins uh, coming up on Saturday. That would be Saturday, March the 3rd, and that will go through Saturday, March 10th in Fargo. We're going to preview Nationals and wrap up a perspective of you know what this is going to do for grassroots. However, what we saw on Friday night, Saturday morning, the way we saw these watch parties that were live shots in certainly Duluth, we see San Francisco, we see we we see photos. I mean, everybody online, uh, the reactions, people that were tweeting and, and facebooking their their clubs. I mean, the Atlanta club, I believe, has a lock in. Uh, to me, the the what we the, the spectacle of what happened, whether they had won or lost, just to see the interest in the way the curling community came together for this historic moment. I'm just awestruck. Yeah, I think it goes uh, a lot to the character of the team that was in that game. Um, there are a lot of people who have a lot invested in, in John Schuster for, for good or for, you know, maybe the, the reasons that uh, just for him overcoming some of the demons that he's had in the Olympics um, but there's a lot of people out there who really saw this as a coming out party for curling. And uh, when you looked at the at Twitter and uh, Facebook and, you know, we were the, the curling, you know, John Schuster. Right? And there was another topic. I can't remember off the top of my head with the top three worldwide trending topics on Twitter during the game. Um, that tells you something. I mean, there, there's a lot of interest in this game. And in price, again, as you mentioned, if you're new to all this and you're, and you're sort of seeing what curling is about and what the extra extra end podcast is all about, um, you're going to be really pleased because we talk about this all the time. Yeah. And that is one of the things that we have tried to do here. And that's why we started on this journey back in September, just to, uh, honestly to to whatever the little part we can do to grow the game uh it, it doing this because there is an appetite for people to hear get a, at least a weekly fill uh of what's going on and so you know obviously this is going to continue we obviously didn't know that there was going to be kind of gold medal but it was you know in a lot of ways the the you know the, the idea spawned for this was to just simply preview uh the teams competing in the olympic trials uh, you know, profile them. Who are they? Who are the players? Uh, you know, a little bit more, um, you know, long form interviews about, uh, you know, what makes the teams tick. And then certainly uh, we pivoted and, and got you ready for the Olympic Games. And now I, I don't, you know, what we're going to do and see moving forward, I, you know, we can only speculate to what this is going to do for the sport. But, you know, the way t- curling was trending on Twitter uh, nationwide, number one. Uh, the hashtag Team Schuster, uh, John Schuster's name. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, it was almost kind of like an interactive heat map. I don't think it was interactive, but it was an animated heat map that showed at like 4 a.m. Uh, you know when the U.S. wins the gold medal, uh, the NBC Olympics had on their Twitter account, and you see the kind of the little explosions of light in different areas of the country. To me, that was it, it was just incredible that so many people, so many people I knew that aren't even involved in the sport told me they stayed up or got up early to see the end of it. I just can't I just can't get over, you know, what this did for the country and I, the people that just wrapped their arms around this. Yeah, and you know what, and I think even NBC got into it to some degree uh late and 
I mean, the fact that they showed uh, there was at least two different replays of the game the day after. Yep. And they interviewed the team on uh, the big show sort of right before the close of the primetime coverage. I mean, that's that's big time. I mean, that's a big deal to sit down on the couch with Mike Tirico. That's a that's not a little thing. And uh, they dedicated some time to it uh, uh, really uh, significantly for the first time um, on the main network. And I'm, I'm just super pleased by that because I think it, it's exposing so many more people to the game and uh, the people around it. All right, Joe. Well, let's bring in Jerry Gertz, our good friend from Curling Zone, who uh, obviously you've heard him before if you've listened to the podcast before. Jerry, based out of Toronto, uh, but Jerry, uh, you know, welcome in as we're talking here about the what we've saw, just kind of the overview uh, and the spectacle that unfolded. Let's get into the game specific of how this thing played out, and I don't think anybody's ever going to forget that shot for five in the eighth end, John Schuster's final rock. The Not just the shot, the reaction. That was the gold medal shot. Oh, that was amazing. You know, that whole end was building, 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 and you could sense that there was, uh, there was something that uh, could happen there, and, and uh, Adin, Adin just couldn't get it buried. They tried, they tried, and and then on his last shot, I think he was trying to hit and roll, and it and it didn't roll far enough for him, and uh, left John that uh, that you know makeable shot, but you know you had to throw it well to to get there. And um, I know the call that I was following here in Canada when the when the rock was about at the hog line, uh, Mike Harris did the old uh, looks like he's got it kind of thing, and and. So we actually got a little bit of lead into before it actually hit that he was going to make it. But uh, so much fun. You know what? It's it's amazing for those guys. Um, I hung out this summer at, a, at the uh, U.S. Olympic Committee camp that they did doing some analytics with those guys. And Nicholas Adin's team was a team we sat down and really looked at. And they were confident then. And after we went through the numbers and showed them a few places that they could attack and and they really felt good against the Dean. And you saw that on the ice, too. They, they were confident. They, they knew they could win the game. And they played Nicholas in a way that many other teams don't. They went at him. And they played him aggressive. And they took some risks. And, you know, it, it could have gone wrong early. But at the end of the day, if, if you don't take that approach against a team like Nicholas, you're never going to have a chance to win the game. Yeah. you got to put pressure on them. And, and those guys do it well. And. John calls a, a big boy game. He, he's always done that. I think sometimes to a fault where he hasn't had the team to take advantage of it. And, you know, that's the fault of the skip at the end of the day if you're not using your, your, uh, your tools properly. Um, but, you know, I think that this team fits John's style of play. This team stepped up and played, you know, a great game. And, and uh, it's what they needed to do to beat Nicholas. Joe? So let's. I want to. I'm going to come back to that that eighth end in a minute. But I, I kind of want to start from the beginning. I, I, when we were at, we were talking before Jerry. I was at the curling club for the this game, and we were watching this game. And at first, I thought the game was going to last about 35 minutes. They were just hitting rocks up and down the sheet, and uh, Sweden flipped the hammer. I mean, they had the hammer. They they retained it with a blank, and you know, it sort of seemed like things were kind of going their way. They were making simple shots. They were keeping John from the aggressive game that he he said he would want to call. And then things sort of turned around in that fourth end uh, where uh, John got that steal. Um, small mistake. 
Um, but because there was pressure applied, the hammer flipped again. And then you think, oh, things are, are pretty well under control now. We've got uh, the hammer in the even ends. We got, or, you know, we have the the, uh, the lead, and then uh, John throws that draw through the house uh, in a situation where he could have applied even more pressure on Nicholas. And uh, uh, Eden comes up with two, or Dean comes up with two, excuse me. And uh, at the break, we're we're down one. Uh, that was a little surprising, um, to be yeah, honest. That, but, yeah, yeah, that seemed like a situation where John really could have put the screws to Nicholas. You know, he comes up anywhere short there, and it's going to be hard to score two. But, you know, you get that, you know, you see that opportunity. It's that Olympic pressure. Everybody's gone through that this week where you sit down and, you know, you know, process over results is, is what you have to stick to in the moment. But that's not easy. You know, you, you know, you know, you know the, the result at the end of that game is the Olympic gold medal. And, you know, you have to be strong, focused on, on shot by shot and, and yeah, he just probably lost his concentration a little bit there for a second, and and just gave it a little bit too much. And but you know what, they bounced back well, and that's been the strength of Schuster in general. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, definitely seemed like he he lost while well, he lost the focus for a second, it was right back in the sixth end, and uh, even in the seventh they got the force, and, and you know now now let's go back to that eighth. I mean, there, it seemed like there were so many opportunities for. Uh, Sweden to get in buried and it, it, the pressure just seemed to keep building and building and my nervousness about him getting in there with a last shot was was, was building and um, you see that last shot not quite get where he wants to and then all of a sudden you're like oh my goodness there's a He's shot for a five shot. here it's crazy yeah. and it's a shot you'd probably never think is really going to be there based on the way that those rocks were sort of stacked um, but you you see that in in this is when America pulled out their cameras and just uh, <laughs> knew. I mean, I, I, I quickly ran to get my iPad because it was just, there was just no way I was going to miss the reaction if he made this. And um, just seeing that come down and knowing that it was very close. Um, yeah, it was about uh, it was about 3 a.m. or so, maybe 3.30 a.m. Eastern time when that went down. I think yeah. I woke up the house Oh, I can't with, even uh, with my reaction to that shot, like, you know, I you know I, I don't typically cheer, and you know you can't cheer against Nicholas Adin and that team. Those guys are amazing guys, and they would have been my pick for favor to win the gold medal. You know, I would have loved to see them win it, but to see Schuster and the story and the United States get the gold medal, this is a gold medal for curling. I've heard that comment made by somebody else on Twitter, and and that is really what we need as a sport. And it's been that way, you know, it's, it's, you know, I've said this many times when the United States wins a gold medal, just, just watch. And I think this is going to be the boom our sport needs. And, and, uh, and, uh, that's what I was cheering for. And, and, and the guys too, you know, Steiner and I've known Tyler forever. Uh, John's been battling this game and, and then Hammy, you know, he's going to be a superstar. Absolutely. Yeah. I, um, you know, you talk about reactions. I, my wife, she woke up, (laughs) she was actually up, uh, not long after the game ended because probably within about an hour because she had a half marathon to run. And that's why I never, I didn't even get to bed till about 1030, uh, you know, Saturday, (laughs) Saturday morning. And I was hurting at that point, but, uh, she woke up and she came upstairs and said, 
congratulations. I thought you would have woken the house up. And I'm like, <laughs> I told her, I said, you know, I thought that too, but is it just kind of all unfolded? I wasn't really sure what I th- would think and feel and do. It just, you know, it was really just more tears, just kind of sit, sitting there, just watch, staring at the screen, taking it in and, you know, shedding a couple tears of joy, just simply to marvel at what we witnessed, the comebacks, the, um, uh, the stories, the individual stories of these guys, but especially John to overcome. And we've, we've, we've hammered at it. And I, I specifically have just, you know, the, just the way he was vilified by the media, people around the sport for what happened in 2010 and 2014. I just couldn't have been happier. Um, that's really all it was is just, uh, just sheer relief. And I've been still trying to think about what this is going to mean moving forward. I, it's just hard to quantify what this is going to do for the sport. All I know is when you read headlines, uh, well, like I, we've all read so many different news articles in the in the you know in the hours since what transpired, calling this team basically the the U.S. darling of the Winter Olympics. I mean, this is the feel good story of the entire thing. I mean, there have been the Jesse Diggins and some others that have happened. But I don't think there's any question, really, collectively now, that this was the feel-good story for Team USA and our country coming out of the Winter Olympics. Oh, 100%. And uh, it's, you know, I I know how engrossed you've been in this uh, for the two weeks there, Price. You've been managing the social media for uh, Team Schuster and doing a spectacular job of it. Um, you know what the team, the profile, they've really capitalized on, on this opportunity. And I think for them, um, it's going to pay off big as well. You know, you took, I think the Facebook page was at like 2000 followers or something like that. What was the Twitter, Twitter page at? Oh man. You know what? You really want me to do this? I was going to save it, but I'll, I will tell you, we were, when I took over and, and I hadn't really fully talked about all this but you know when those guys gave me the trust and you know allowed me to to help them on this journey by doing the digital stuff you know, I took over at the very beginning of February we were at uh 2440 followers 2440 followers on Twitter 1720 likes on Facebook Yep. And the last check I had, we were at uh, over 20,100 followers on Twitter. We were over 7,000 likes on Facebook. Now, clearly, when you win a gold medal, that's naturally going to take care of itself, right? But there was. Yeah, but you know what? It's all the content going out all week. That was a, that was a slow build all the way through the event. It wasn't like a big boom just for winning the gold. It was. It was all the work all week, and, and, and it was great content, and it was fun to follow. And, and, you know, it's Price, it's something you and I have talked about and about helping the sport in general do more of this. I think it's something we can do better as a collective uh, sport and, you know, set this up for teams and help teams become better promoters of themselves as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that there was. I had a plan. I knew what I was doing. I mean, I, I had a plan, and it's multi-pronged, but a lot of it was designed to humanize these guys. And I would be lying in saying I I didn't have contingency, good, bad, on depending on how this thing went. But it was all aimed at trying to humanize and bring a 
a personality out of this team that was kind of in a way a collective voice, right? To let people, yeah. you know, kind of kind of a latch on, you know, feel like they have an attachment to them, you know, trying to build that with people that they had never met that simply just were getting more and more interested, you know, as the games went on. And then obviously when the turn happened against Canada, you know, then we saw things really take on a, a new life of its own. But everything was to grease the skids you know, collectively to try and introduce this team to the world, the sport, promote the game itself, and but just really put a personality to the faces that everybody was watching on TV and to feel like, hey, look, we're going to latch on to these. And really, I saw a lot, I just saw so many people really latch on even early before this thing exploded. And so, yeah, I, I think every safe to say, I think everything worked. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Price, no doubt about it. I mean, there was... You know, from uh, some of the stuff just kind of happens. You, you just don't know. You know, you, you do have to get a little bit of luck. I think the Kirstie Alley thing, uh, you know, that was there was a little bit of luck involved uh, with that. But then, um, you know, some of the Mr. T stuff was, you know, able to get that set up. And that, you know, win or lose, that was pretty cool, you know, before the game. And, I mean, how about this? How about this? A 30-minute pregame show. A 30-minute pregame show for USA Curling. A, a pregame show, guys. I mean, that, that never happened. It was like the Super Bowl. It was incredible. Yeah. Hey, we, win, we, we, we regularly win gold medals up here, and we don't even get 30-minute pregame shows. Yeah, uh, the, the, that's the point. I mean, it, anyway, that's kind of going a they little bit. They know how to spin it. Yeah, the spin is down there. The marketing, the, the media behind it, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, there's no question that – that NBC, uh, they latched on, and boy, like Joe mentioned uh, out in the outset, we're going to hear from John Schuster and Tyler George here in just a second. But you know, the um, you know NBC latched on because those guys. I guess when you win a gold medal, it really doesn't matter the sport. You're going to do the media tour, but you know, I got a sense that with everything Terry Davis and Rick Patsky and USA Curling having to do over there, I, I literally the interviews you're going to hear coming up here in a second, guys. The guy, the team was in the car. They were literally going to the NBC broadcast headquarters there in Pyeongchang as they did the interview with Mike Tirico Saturday night to close the broadcast. I was able to catch him just for a few minutes, uh, you know, en route from interview to interview. It's just, it's just amazing because it looks like, as we talked about, the darlings of this Winter Olympics for USA. The media tour these guys are on right now over there is just I mean, anybody and everybody cannot get enough of Team Schuster. Yeah, if only they were a little bit better karaoke singers. It's not even better. All right. Well, I, yeah, I agree with that. And, and Polo, I, I gave Polo a hard time about it. He's like, how is anybody supposed to do Journey and, and to, to do it on the spot right there? At least they could pick a better song, right? So I'm going to have to search out this video, it, it sounds like. Yeah. It, it oh, was, it's epic. Yeah, it it was good. It was awesome. All right, let's uh, let's step away here really quickly because coming up, you're going to hear from John Schuster, skip a Team USA, and then you're going to hear from Tyler George. Uh, some really uh, obviously just um, kind of looking back on this thing and maybe what this is going to do for the sport moving forward. So, got a pair of our gold medalists from Team USA coming up here on the other side on the Extra Extra Podcast. All right, the Extra Extra in Podcast, and we are now going to talk with our gold medalist, the biggest, most historic day in the history 
of USA Curling. Yes, everybody knows at this point what went down, so we're not going to rehash any of the results. We're just going to bring them on right now. John Schuster, skip of Team Schuster. John, I'm sure the the most common question you have gotten at this point is, how does it feel? How does it feel? Uh, you know, it's incredible. I, we have these medals hanging around our necks, and um, it, it's barely sunk in yet. I think, uh, I think this is one of those ones that might take a while to, uh, to sink in the true uh, uh, magnitude of, of this accomplishment. But, uh, you know, we're, we're definitely enjoying the, uh, the ride and the, I mean, pretty, pretty incredible what, what we hear is going on back in the States and uh, we're excited to go back and, and join our country and, uh, and celebrate it as one. When you stepped up uh, in unison with your four other teammates, you guys stepped to the top of the podium. You make that, that initial step up, you raise your arms. I mean, it just what went through your mind? Uh, you know, just incredible pride for, uh, for me and, um, and as a team and, and really, that that was uh, it, it. It was that moment that that our team dreamed about and and put in all the work we put in for that opportunity. And uh, yeah, just just really, really proud to to have grasped that uh, that opportunity. And, and man. The top of that podium is a pretty cool place. <laughs> you got a good look at it the day before I saw with the or that morning of when when you posted yeah, it's the photo. Funny because they put it up just for a rehearsal and uh, happened to step into the arena before one of our practices and uh, I don't think and I don't even know if any other teams even saw that thing, but I, I snuck a quick pick and uh, yeah, and then they ripped it right back out of there and yeah, I, I think. Uh, Maybe destiny. I don't know. What did you say to the guys, kind of when you finally got a little private moment uh, off the ice, just when you you guys could kind of huddle up with the coaches and in, in your team? What 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 did you say to them? What did they say to you? What was just kind of the uh, the message? Uh, you know, I think we all just it, it happened so dang fast. There wasn't that much time to do a lot of things, but you know, the, our mantra for the the second half of the tournament was that. We're going to go out there and enjoy the process and, and let the work that we've done uh, show through and really just just go out there and be the best versions of ourselves. And, and I think the coaches and myself um, all reiterated to the whole team uh, how proud we were of that. And, uh, you know, and one of the other things we decided was that uh, we had an opportunity at when, when we were two and four to, to win out and, uh, and not let someone else determine when our, uh, when our tournament was over. And, uh, and that was, I think, my final message is, is well, boys, just, just like we talked about, um, yeah. this tournament was going to be over when we said it was over. And uh, pretty incredible. The, the feeling of redemption of what you've gone through in eight years, it's hard not to even get emotional even asking you about it because the things that have been said and what, the, what people have written and your backs were against the wall, two and four, I, I just – to be able to pull something off into, like you've mentioned on television several times, write your own story, which you have obviously clearly done. What is that feeling of redemption like? Losing weight, uh, you know, just working harder, bringing this team together the last four years, everything rolled into one to achieve a dream. You know, I was extremely proud of, uh, of myself in this process. And um, honestly, in, in that kind of thing, but you know, it, 
I, I read a story on the Players Tribune of Case Keenum, and she said, "Right team, right time." And uh, and and I reread it the other day, the other day between the semifinal and the final, and it really just resonated with me that, you know, this this was just the right team at the right time to do um, something incredible, and um, and honestly, we we kind of knew it right from the start when we when we formed and. The, the end of that first year together at the Worlds in Halifax, we finished, you know, disappointing fifth, fifth place, losing a tiebreaker, but um, really felt like like the beginning of something, and uh, and it, and it was obviously great to see that whole thing through. and And this team came along for me, um, and and all the pieces fell together. And I think, um, you know, we really complemented each other right up through that final stone of uh, that gold medal match, and and that's what really made this team. Um, gave us the ability to to accomplish this um, life-changing feat. I know this uh, media tour is a lot of fun. Uh, You can ask a lot of the same questions, but just really the biggest thing is you get to show off that – the bling and what have you heard as far as everybody back home? I mean, what's, I know you've talked to a lot of people, had a lot of friends, family, but you know, the pulse of, of what's gone on, you're obviously not going to feel it till you get home, but just what have you been able to channel and take in from what you've heard back here in the States? You know, really just seeing videos of, uh, of people watching our game or watching our medal ceremony and, uh, singing the national anthem along with us. And, uh, yeah, I, there's there's definitely so many people telling me that they they cried tears and that uh, that they're so emotionally connected to uh, to our journey here and and this uh, and this win and yeah I I can't wait to get back home and uh, and live this with them um, this is I I don't even know that I'm ready yeah. for, uh, for the amount of fun this is going to be yeah. um my my guess is there will probably be a few tears shed along the way in the next couple of weeks here <laughs> oh there have been a lot of tears shed by us trust me and it wasn't just last night it's been pretty much almost every game every step of the way but look uh congratulations I, I know you've heard from a lot of people who's who's maybe been the coolest you've heard from in, in the post game since uh the aftermath i know you've had a lot of people uh hit you up who's maybe one of the coolest uh yeah, David Grohl from Nirvana actually was like one of the first people. Oh, he's from the Foo Fighters now. Sorry, yeah, these these guys are huge music guys. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, he uh, he called us from uh, from Brazil actually. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and, and told us congrats. Obviously, the uh, pregame pregame pep talk from Mr. T, and uh, actually a pregame message from Dan Jansen. Just uh, yeah, those are obviously special uh, special things as well. And yeah, I mean. I, I guess I haven't. I've been trying to scroll Facebook because you know <laughs> the messages from families and friends for me. Yeah, uh, it's far above any celebrity that could. Uh, you know, it's obviously special for for celebrities and sports teams and that kind of thing to recognize us. But uh, I'm just trying to make sure I I see every post that somebody posted because uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, and there's thousands. Yeah. Which is, unbelievable yeah it's, it's unquantifiable is all i can say on this end of things well look john just congratulations from all of us words just do not do it justice it's just there are a few times that you're lost for words this is one of those times congratulations buddy could not be more proud thanks a lot bryce all right now here's tyler george the vice skip of team schuster how does it feel to bring home that gold medal uh tough time to, to wax poetic right now 
it's it's just all so surreal. It's it really won't sink in for a long time for us. I think uh, everything's coming fast and furious. Uh, all the media stuff that we're doing, and uh, you know, we're just kind of running on coffee and adrenaline right now. But uh, it's it's a wild ride, man. But it's really important to us to to do as much as we can here, you know, because this is our window to, to, to promote the game and, and be ambassadors the best we can. So, uh, you know, we got to pull all-nighters to, to get all this stuff in and uh, shine the light on the sport. Uh, you know, we're going to do everything we possibly can uh, while we have the best opportunity to do it. Have you recruited anybody on maybe the, the men's hockey team, uh, the snowboarders, any of those guys, maybe to push the gurney for you guys in tonight? Because I'm sure at that point you're, you're going to pretty much be uh, toothpicks holding your eyes open. You're so exhausted, yet still, you know, the closing ceremonies to finish this just incredible journey off. Um, you know, just just kind of talk about it. This this journey that you guys started on together four years ago. I mean, it culminated last night, but certainly as you guys kind of finish this thing off, close this chapter before coming home to start another. Uh, yeah. You know, it's funny. We the last media thing that we did, uh, they asked us when we first thought that we could do something special with this team, and. And I, I said right from the first tournament we played, you know, yeah. things just clicked really early, you know, and you, you can always tell when there's a difference chemistry-wise and talent-wise with a team to take the ice with. And uh, it, it just feels like the culmination of something that we've been building up to this entire time. You know, every tournament that we played in, we always knew that this was prep for the Olympics. And, you know, even when things weren't going well, that was the thing that we harped on was that, you know, we weren't concerned about now. We're concerned about being ready at the end of the four-year run. And even in the locker room before the gold medal game, everybody was smiling and upbeat and ready. We were calm. We were focused. And we said, listen, guys, this this is what we prepared for. We're as ready as we could ever be. Everything we've done the last four years is for this moment. Now let's go out there and own it. And that's exactly what we did. Yeah, and you've had that steady confidence the entire time, not that the, your other teammates haven't. In every interview, stepping off the ice within probably 10 minutes of winning the Olympic trials, you said confidently, we've beaten all these teams that we're going to go up against. There's no reason why we can't go over there and beat them again. You've had this confidence the entire time, and it's shown through every single time, not just in interviews and media, but on the ice every time you guys have competed, Ty. Yeah, it just goes back to uh – going through the fire, you know, and, and, and being confident in your abilities and your, your preparation. And uh, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, a lot of people are talking about what a you know monumental upset this all is. And that's not really how we looked at it uh, yeah. you know, the entire week. Uh, like you said, we've uh, we've had a lot of success against the other teams that we're going to be playing against. And it's a, it's a familiar atmosphere for us. You know, it's just playing them on a different uh, plane, you know, on a, a bigger venue, a wider audience. But other than that, it's all the same stuff that we've been doing. And, uh, you know, we, we beat the number one ranked team in the world five out of six times, and everybody talks about it like it's a, it's a huge upset. You know, yeah. For us, it was just a game we expected to win, honestly. And uh, if you looked at us in the locker room and you heard things we were saying going into the game, then you would have thought that we were the number one ranked team. We fully expected to win that game and play the well, uh, play as well as we did. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a cool moment. It's a, it's a surreal moment, but... Uh, if you ask the guys on this team if they're surprised by how well we played, uh, I, I don't think that would be the case. I, I would say I'm surprised that we were as calm and uh, and collected as we were. Like, yeah. Uh, I, I I didn't see any nerves from the guys at all going into the gold medal game, especially. Same thing with the semifinal. We were a little more nervous for that one, but uh, 
you could see uh, just in our demeanor and our opponent's demeanor on the ice for the semis and the finals that we were the loose team. We were ready, and the, the guys we were playing against were, were a little nervous, a little tight. And, uh, yeah. You know, that's what makes the difference in games like that. You know, it's, it's inches, it's millimeters, and, uh, you know, every little edge you can get. And I, I think that was a big difference for us. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that you mentioned, uh, the miracle, you know, John fought back against it, but I know miracles is a very easy slogan. It's it's taken on a life of its own. It's easy to push and build a PR campaign on it. But you mentioned this was no miracle. You expected to win, uh, not just to win. You guys had beaten the Dean countless times before. This should not be a shock to anybody's system. No, no, I agree. Uh, it, it, it's a it's a surprise that we were able to turn things around the way we did after the, the terrible start we had. Um, but to be able to play to that level and uh, and compete with the best in the world and come out on top to us is just uh, something we knew we were completely capable of doing from the start. It's just a matter if you if you find your rhythm at the right time and you know for. For a week, we were the best team on the planet, and we deserved every win we got. We didn't fluke anything out there, and uh, there's a reason for that. You know, all that prep that we did was to get us ready for this, and the, it all came through in spades. You know, this was the plan all along, and you know, even with the top four, top five finishes at the World Championships, all this stuff was just to get us ready for one tournament. Yeah, and, uh, I couldn't be happier that uh, all the prep paid off, and. And especially mentally going into it, like knowing that we've done everything we can possibly do. We just got to let the talent and the prep take over and not worry about the results. Just go out there and play, have fun, and, and you saw what happened. All right, last question for you, Ty. I, I know it's hard to even probably quantify this part, but in terms of now you get ready to turn to come back home here in a few days, the growth of the sport at the grassroots level around the country, how does this help, uh, you know, certainly translate into, you know, explosion with new members at clubs, uh, getting new people exposed to the sport, which obviously has uh, just in the wee hours of the morning and then certainly replays all day here today. You know, how does this translate? We, you know, grow the game is what uh, kind of this next step. Uh, this is part two of that. Obviously, yeah. you know, getting on the podium, getting gold medals uh, is, is what instigates everything, you know, and we've really seen that in Olympics past, I think there's been a curiosity with the sport. And this time around, it, it feels more like a passion from from people that, you know, generally don't watch or know what's going on. Yep. So uh, it, it's really important for us to, to carry that momentum through here, make ourselves as accessible as we can. Uh, you know, we're in a place where we can be ambassadors for the sport like no one's ever been. And uh, I know every guy on this team knows how important that is. And we're going to do everything we can to continue to grow it. But uh, it, it, it just seems like the now that the exposure is out there, that, that mm-hmm. people will they're taking it in with open arms and, and they're starting to get it. And uh just with all the videos of school kids like cheering us on and parents uh, telling us that their kids want to start curling, you know, and that they want jerseys and all that. I mean, it's just, this is the opportunity we've been waiting for. And I think it's probably the most meaningful part of the entire experience for us at this point is that we now have an opportunity to uh, develop the love for the game in in this country uh, like no one's ever had. So 
uh, I, you can rest assured that we're going to do everything we can to help that along too. I hear you, brother. No, you got got to get in there with Tariko. I know you're there now. Look, just thanks for a few minutes here. Again, like I said, Deshusti, there's really no words uh, that we can use here except congratulations. Can't wait to give you guys a hug. No, thanks, man. We appreciate everything you've been doing for us too. Uh, we're uh, looking forward to seeing when we get back. Can't wait to see you, buddy. Congratulations. All right, just uh, wow, getting to catch up with John and Tyler. I, you know, I <laughs> I try not to choke up a little bit. Uh, one of those questions there uh, to John, just um, you know, the redemption story, just because there's going to be a movie made, guys. I mean, the, the the I can tell you now the the traffic I've gotten on social media with with their account and everything. Uh, <laughs> It's coming. Uh, I don't know when. I don't know who. I don't know how quickly. Uh, but it's coming. Just simply the ragtag bunch, and I don't mean that negatively at all, but you look at a, a personality that is so different with all five of the guys on this team, this is down. This, this is destined for the big screen. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the whole story behind how they came to be, you know, the struggles with John, how uh, after the 2014 Olympics uh, – uh, they were all left off the uh, high performance program, but I think I think some of the message that is being missed here is that they they went out, they put all the work in, and because that they went out and won, and they were back in the high performance program. I think there's definitely a message out there that that they've done this all on their own. They've done everything they need to do for sure. But, uh, you know, they've be, they became part of the program the year after they won. Because this team did all the work and, and, and won, they left this team alone. They were, the four were intact and, and they competed together. And they continued to win and continued to get better. They, they traveled, they used all the, the uh, sports sciences, the sports psychology, which is definitely an important piece of the, the package here. You know, we've all seen it. The, the John Schuster of, of, you know, previous years would not bounce back. Mm-hmm. And that's been a challenge of, of, uh, for John is when things got tough and they got real tough on John. I, you know, I don't fault him at all for that because he went through some real tough uh, times. But getting out on the ice, going and playing all the big events, they learned how to beat Nicholas Adin last season. And you don't step on the ice, doesn't matter how good you are, you don't step on the ice and learn to beat these top teams the first or second time you're out there. You're going to take your lumps. And Kevin Cooey's team was that for John. Uh, they were a team we looked at this summer as well. And, and uh, you know, they were curious as to, you know, how do we beat this team? Because they hadn't before. Mm-hmm. Not, as that, not as that foursome or the, uh, the, the Schuster foursome. And so that was a challenge. But then this, this season, they went out and beat, beat Cooey for the first time at a Grand Slam event. And now all of a sudden, you know you've done it. You know you've done it. The other part of that is the other team knows you've done it. Yep. So they become a little bit more vulnerable at the same time, too. And, you know, for Schuster, they didn't have a great season on tour this year. They were, you know, I think, by the, I think they wrap up now the Olympics somewhere around uh, – 34, 35, and 29. But a lot of that was building and growing towards this moment. Yep. You know, going out and playing tough competition, 
that's the thing that you know you see at a at a Schuster, and and what they've been able to do is that the funding available from the high performance program makes it so that they can go out and play events where you know what they're you know they're probably going to lose in in a C qualifier here and there. They're going to lose in a quarterfinal, but then they're not so worried about banking the money that they need to win. And yeah, Terry, let's hope that this team gets significant sponsorship to help them even further. I mean, that's right. really what this the, boils down to, right? Right. The sponsorship will allow them to become full-time, truly full-time. Like, the, essentially right now, they are they work part-time jobs. And, and uh, you know, I think Steiner still works full-time, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I know he's uh, sometimes challenged with time off. But, you know, if they can, if they can pull in some sponsorships – they're looking at an opportunity to play this game full time during the season and tr- and be able to put in the work behind the scenes. What you see on the ice with a curling team is it's like the the iceberg in the Titanic. You know, you only see the ten percent above the ice, and that's the games they play on TV. The the ninety percent is the work they put in behind the scenes, the gym time, the practice on the ice, the the. Uh, you know, recovery, the, you know, all the analysis and all the setting up for, for opponents and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. There's so much behind the scenes that most people don't realize how much work these athletes really put in for the game. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go ahead and put a bow on this thing, guys, because uh, we certainly have a lot more this week. On Wednesday, uh, Joe, um, we're going to come to you again, and we're going to uh, talk with some other guests, just kind of big-picture perspective on – you know, at least give us all a little bit of time to digest because uh, I can speak for myself. This still just feels like a dream. It, it just feels like it's it's not real. Um, but what this is going to do for the sport, I mean, we see the influx, uh, you know, the Olympic wave every four years that uh, grassroots clubs get around the country, uh, learn to curls and people joining clubs. You know, it, it, it crests, but that wave lasts just a little bit longer every year. I don't think we're. There's just no way to even know what this is going to do. All we know is it is going to be just nothing but positive for the sport uh, from coast to coast. We're going to talk about that perspective here uh, on Wednesday when we podcast to you one more time this week. We'll continue this conversation, have more guests, and also uh, we will preview the upcoming USA Curling Nationals, where we will be starting on. Saturday, March the 3rd, we will be there for one full week. Like Jerry said earlier, this will be Groundhog Day over and over for us for seven days is where we will do three draws a day on the 12th In Sports Network Live that you can, uh, uh, you'll be able to view. I'll let Joe share how you can watch every single game, uh, but certainly tesn.us forward slash podcast, your home where you can listen to this podcast and more. That is our home, the 12th In Sports Network. Yeah, uh, Price and Jerry will be able to, View all the games on usacurl.org. We're producing uh, full-featured webcasts as, as we did at uh, the Olympic trials. And uh, so you'll be able to see – sometimes I think it's four draws a day. Um, and uh, I know those days are the long days, but it'll be a, it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll have uh, guest commentators. A lot of the competitors come in and, and commentate with us. And uh, it's a lot of fun. And uh, if you want to continue that curling fix that you got these last few weeks, this is a great place to see some of the uh, the current stars of the U.S. curling uh, program. Yeah, absolutely, because we've got uh, more curling there at Nationals. We've also got Worlds coming up. Yes, the World Championships for the men and the women, that's coming up uh, in the spring. So any final thoughts just real quick before we get out the door? Because, again, we will do this again later this week. Now, uh, Price, I, 
I'm when you're talking about a movie, I just want to know who's who we're going to cast for Phil Dropnik. That's what I want to know. So he's got to have. I think it's maybe John Travolta. He's got the, he's got the strut. Oh man, just put on the. You know, John Travolta is a guy that could get away with the white pants. I, John Travolta <laughs> is true. one of the dudes, a, a Pulp Fiction esque John Travolta in white pants. He's one guy that can get away with it. The other is the one and only Coach Phil Drobnik. All the actors are kind of thinking about for these guys. They're all too old, though. You know, I've heard Will Ferrell for for Hammy. I've heard uh, George C. Riley for for Matt Hamilton. Uh, Tyler George is Edward Norton, isn't he? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. And I think the the wit, the dry wit, would fits in perfectly there too. <laughs> um, you know what else? Who else do you guys have, or have you heard? I I've read the a lot one of that the, I saw. Yeah. The, go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. The one that I saw that was a meme that would really go against uh, type for Tyler George was Walter the Ventriloquist Puppet. Um, oh yeah, yeah, he yeah, has, yeah, yeah. He yep. has the same uh, scowl, which I, I <laughs> had never noticed before, but. Now, I don't think that now, would work in a, in a live-action movie. Now, Walter can definitely sit up in the stands at, with uh, his daughter, Courtney, Tyler's sister. Yes. Walter and Tom George are remarkably... <laughs> uh, uh, there's a remarkable resemblance there. <laughs> so you, you can you can tell where Tyler gets it from. Oh, yes. my God. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for episode 35 here of the Extra Extra and Podcast. Just uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you again uh, for supporting us all year long. Um, subscribing, which you can do, Apple Podcast, iTunes. Uh, just, again, tsn.us forward slash podcast. You can listen to it right there on our webpage, uh, Google uh, Play, Stitcher. If you got an Android, the Stitcher app is a great way to uh, to get us. If you like what we do, Give us a rating. Um, you know, if you want to review it, uh, just a couple sentences. Uh, takes about sixty seconds, not long. Helps more people find the podcast, and also helps grow the game of curling, which is uh, one of the underbellies of what we're trying to do here on the Extra Extra End. All right, that'll do it for episode thirty-five here of the Extra Extra End podcast. Once again, we say congratulations to Team USA, USA Curling, the staff, everybody that has made this possible. Most importantly, we say congratulations to Team Schuster, John Schuster, Tyler George, Matt Hamilton, John Landsteiner, and Joe Polo, and as well as Coach Phil Drobnik. We say congratulations, job well done. We cannot wait to celebrate this thing with you. We cannot wait to see what you've all done and the memories you've all given us. Thank you so very much. They will never, ever be forgotten. So we'll be back here a little bit later this week on the Extract Trim Podcast with a whole lot more. We'll see you then. Thanks for being with us on this edition of the Extra Extra In Podcast with Price Atkinson. Follow Price and the 12th In Sports Network crew on Twitter and Facebook to stay up on our weekly contests, giveaways, and guests for upcoming episodes of the Extra Extra In Podcast, powered by Isogenics. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 
Whether you're moving in together for the first time. This can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva paper towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home.